Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me, as always, is a man who I unironically support the suppression of, Zach Mabry. Zach, how are you, my friend? You know, I'm good. I'm having um, a great day. It's a, uh, you know, it's it's a good time to be alive. I find that whatever time you're alive is the best time for you to be alive. Yeah, I would say today is wonderful and pleasant. If today is beautiful and pleasant for you, is that what you said? Your audio no, kind of cut out. Oh, no, wonderful and wonderful. pleasant. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, if your wonderful day is wonderful and, pleasant. wonderful and pleasant, let us know on email at podcast at romancircusblog.com. We got some great stuff up on the blog, too, if you haven't checked it out in a while. Uh, tweet us at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry, Z-A-C Mabry. Uh, we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a nice review if you want. Uh, leave us a bad review if you want to waste your time. But... Uh, that's if you want to hurt our it. feelings. Yeah, if you want to hurt our feelings. Zach, uh, wh- okay, so you, you're, you've been on the road a lot. Update us where you're at, how you're feeling. Have you stayed away from uh, the big bad disease? What's going on? So, you know, I think I've done a good job staying, uh, you know, socially distanced. I wear my mask everywhere. But, yeah, so I'm currently um, in Tulsa. So okay. uh, my audio is probably a little bit trash right now because I don't have my mic. Um, but hopefully I'll get like a travel mic, so it won't be this bad next time. Travel mic? It's like a little or just mic one that you can pick up at CVS. You put it in your you put it in your little uh, your bag with your toothpaste, and it's you can legally carry it on planes. So true. Yeah. Um, that's. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I need one that because like mine is. You've seen mine. It has like that arm on it, and it's you know it's just mm-hmm. like a little bit. It's a little bit wild. Mm-hmm. Um. So. You know. Okay, travel, Mike. That's good. That's good. Uh, what's going on? What is there any church news? Let's let's see if we can do this. Let's see if we can keep it church news specific this week church news specific i thought it would have been funny if there was like a 10 second gap and then we just kind of moved on we're like uh well so um yeah i feel like the church has just been on best behavior lately right like (laughs) no scandals um you know like everybody's kind of being chill and cool you would be great You'd be great at PR for the church. People would be like, so what's going on? You're like, uh, well, no scandals. Uh, uh, you know. I did see that, like, somebody who works in some office at the Vatican was like, there could be women priests or something like that. And everyone was like, oh, my gosh, somebody at the Vatican. And it's like, it's like a, like a maid or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 They asked, like, uh, someone who was bringing the milk. And and it's like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. 
um, you know, not not strictly speaking church news, but just news about news, meta news. Okay. 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 Um, <laughs> our friends at Apple, they launched a new thing. You don't know this because you're uh, a an Android person. Mm-hmm. But, I'm uh, an Android person, sure. Apple has Apple News, which they launched a while back, which is kind of their own news aggregator app. Mm-hmm. And they had this thing called Apple News Plus, which is you pay, like there's just the free Apple News that you get just by having an Apple device. And then you can pay for like mm-hmm. more, right? Okay. okay. And when you do that, it comes with all these subscriptions. Like you get the Wall Street Journal and the, um, is it the LA Times? What's the big LA paper? Um, yeah, the Los Angeles Times. The lat. And then like every magazine that I've heard of, that's uh, you see it like the supermarket shelves and you can just read them on your devices well they've launched mm-hmm. a new thing where it's audio this sounds like a plug and it isn't because we don't get a percentage but uh basically popular articles you can just have them read to you by like actual narrators and like for me you know reading is just not something i'm trying to do so <laughs> i was listening to an article this morning about uh kelly preston that's Wow. Well, I was about to say that's an amazing phrase you just said, but also, yes, it is very sad news that Kelly Preston died a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, everyone around John Travolta freaks me out. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, everything about him is sketchy to me. He's pretty. Did sus. I tell you? Did I tell you about when I moved to LA and my first encounter with Scientology? No, because you never tell me anything. That's true. We're doing a great job of keeping this very church news specific. Um, <laughs> so moved to LA and the first week there didn't have job. Uh, and, uh, as most people don't in LA the whole time they live there, but that's another story. Uh, went to go sign up at central casting to be an extra. Okay. That's an what people, extra? yeah, that's what people nice. do. As it's, one does. Uh, yeah, it's it's very that is also very competitive and I worked zero extra jobs. So you'd sign up and you would call and they would tell you what kind of extras they're looking for and if you qualified you could like I don't know, they'd like move you on to the next I don't know, I didn't even get to the qualification stage. Anyway, we're walking outside, my buddy and I, and some guy stops us, and he wants to talk about the Church of Scientology, and we're like, we will absolutely listen to what you have to say. Right. As one does. We sit there, he's given us the spiel, and he has this book of pictures, and he's so excited to tell us the pictures, show us the pictures, and he's like, going through, and there's pictures of their, like, events and he's like that's so and so this is so and so this is that guy just pointing out all the famous people right he's outside of central casting where desperate actors who want to be extras are very desperate it's perfect it's perfect grounds for it's perfect hunting grounds right he then he gets to the point where there's a picture of john travolta and he he 
has it and he's like, well, you know who that guy is. You know that guy, don't you? Don't you? Don't you? That's John. And that's how he says it. And we're just like, yeah, it is, man. He's like, well, that's John. And John is great. And he just starts like fawning over John Travolta. What was John Travolta's state at this time in like the pat? Was he like, was he, was this one of his fat years? Was it one of his thin years? Like where, where where was he? This was 2009. I don't know where we are in the Travolta history arc, but it just always, it's like he had, it's like he not only loved John Travolta, but he, John Travolta was basically his God, the way he talked about John Travolta. And I'll never forget that. And that's what introduced me to, that was the first ever interaction with the Scientologist I had. First interaction I had uh, about someone who really loved John Travolta. It was a lot I mean, of first he was great. Day. He was great in Greece. Like, I'm not going to begrudge him that. Sure. But, I mean, it, there's just something, like, like, not even bad vibes, like weird vibes that he, it's like not, not the vibes that I'm trying to have, you know? Yeah, you're positive vibes only, and he's, now, that's not a knock on Scientology, because as we know, Tom Cruise is always positive vibes only. Yeah. We know that very much. Um Right. Anyway, Some of my best so that, friends are Scientologists. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know plenty of them. Anyway, okay. Well, that's good. That's the that's the church news. We did a good job about updating everybody. The Church of Scientology. Yeah. Uh, on the church news. That's uh yeah. So, about a month or so ago, I forget the exact date. We decided that we were going to do podcasts about the Rosary, and we were going to do like a basically one decade of podcast and just kind of spread them out over time. Yep. So we did the first ones per decade. We did the first one, which is the Annunciation. First one of the joyful mysteries. We started with the joyful, the Annunciation and the reviews were overwhelming. It took weeks. It took weeks for Zach's new assistant to sort through all of the glowing emails. So true. Right. Yeah, it actually yeah. was detrimental to his actual business because his because his uh, his assistant was handling podcast duties. Point right. is, we thought we would do a second one today. What were you going to say? Did you have something? Well, I was going to say just in keeping with our general rule that you know there's no prereqs for this podcast. We'll say you know we'll remind people of some of the basics. Obviously, you know the rosary being the uh, the prayer method given to saint dominic by our lady um yeah and i had a i had a thing i was going to read about that as soon as you're done continue no read your thing i want to hear this you want to hear it okay it's by um you know saint saint louis de montford i've heard of him so he has a book doctor of the church doctor of the church I was looking through, and he has a little bit on he he talks about the rosary, mm-hmm. and he has a um has a little bit about how the rosary was given to Saint Dominic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not not too long, but I'll read I'll read uh. It it it's very good. Okay. Okay. Since the Holy Rosary is composed principally and in substance of the prayer of Christ 
and the angelic salutation, that is the Our Father and the Hail Mary, it was without doubt the first prayer and the first devotion of the faithful and has been in use all through the centuries from the time of the apostles and disciples down to the present. But it was only in the year 1214, however, that Holy Mother Church received the rosary in its present form and according to the method we use today. It was given to the church by St. Dominic, who had received it from the Blessed Virgin as a powerful means of converting the Albigensians and other sinners. Ugh, the Albigensians. Ugh. I will tell you the story of how he received it, which is found in the very well-known book, uh-oh, De Dignitate Salteri by Blessed Alan de la Roche, brother of... Rage Against the Machine singer, Zach De La Roca. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) St. Dominic, seeing that the gravity of people's sins was hindering the conversion of the Albigensians, withdrew into a forest near Toulouse, where he prayed unceasingly for three days and three nights. During this time, he did nothing but weep and do harsh penances in order to appease the anger of Almighty God. He used this, his discipline so much that his body was lacerated and finally he fell into a coma. At this point, Our Lady appeared to him, accompanied by three angels, and she said, Dear Dominic, do you know which weapon the Blessed Trinity wants to use to reform the world? Oh, my lady, answered St. Dominic, you know far better than I do because next to your son, Jesus Christ, you have always been the chief instrument of our salvation. Then Our Lady replied, I want you to know that in this kind of warfare, the battering ram has always been the angelic psalter, which is the foundation stone of the New Testament. Therefore, if you want to reach these hardened souls and win them over to God, preach my psalter. So he arose comforted and burning with zeal for the conversion of the people in that district. He made... uh, he made straight for the cathedral. At once unseen angels rang the bells to gather the people together and St. Dominic began to preach. At the very beginning of his sermon, an appalling storm broke out. The earth shook, the sun was darkened, and there was so much thunder and lightning that all were very much afraid. Even greater was their fear when looking at a picture of Our Lady exposed in a prominent place, they saw her raise her arms to heaven three times to call down God's vengeance upon them if they failed to be converted to amend their lives and seek the protection of the Holy Mother of God. God wished by means of these supernatural phenomena to spread the devotion of the Holy Rosary and to make it more widely known. At last, at the prayer of St. Dominic, the storm came to an end, and he went on preaching. So fervently and compelling did he explain the importance and value of the Holy Rosary that almost all the people of Toulouse embraced it and renounced their false beliefs. In a very short time, a great improvement was seen in the town. People began leading Christian lives and gave up their former bad habits. So there you go. That's a little story about uh, the Rosary. That's a great story. And so when they talk about the Psalter, um, obviously the Psalter refers to like the Psalms, the 150 Psalms. Mm-hmm. 
and that's the tie in there when we talk about how the road again you know 150 psalter psalms 150 psalms there's 150 hail marys in the rosary um you know it all kind of ties together oh wow i am too dumb that i didn't even put that together wow yeah. yeah um so that's the connection is like so what the um you know what priests and religious do when they pray the divine office or what's kind of modernly called liturgy of the hours they mm-hmm. the backbone of that is the psalms or the psalter and they pray all 150 psalms every week and so you know for the lady or that's not necessarily practical especially in the past when it took you know a lot of labor to produce a copy of any book um the sort of the way that the lady could participate was through praying the rosary um you know and so the priests and religious were praying 150 psalms and the lady were you know in a rotation and the lady were praying 150 uh, hail marys that's great it just shows that yeah we all we all have our role we so do yeah so true it is so true i just got a i I got a notification from my watch that there's only one hour left in my intermittent fast so we're not going over an hour on this podcast (laughs) because i'm starving (laughs) okay all right um i like the beginning of that part i read where it talked about like how the even though the rosary was not a thing in its form until 12 14 the prayers had been there so the people had been praying the prayers of the rosary since the beginning of the church. Yeah. When that's right, because people will point out, they'll suggest that, you know, actually the rosary developed organically. It wasn't something that our lady, you know, gave to St. Dominic and said, they're always trying to disparage the blessed Virgin Mary. Um, I mean, kind of like, yeah, no, I was being serious. Yeah, like they do it with the scapular too. Like for both the scapular and the rosary, a lot of times people downplay the supernatural aspect of Our Lady being like, here, do this. And, you know, they do the, like the archaeology thing of like, well, there's no records from, you know, from this period to this period. You know, it's like, well, okay, that doesn't prove it wrong. Like it's clear that everybody at the time believed it. So like, how did, like, is this like some worldwide conspiracy to, trick you like how would there wasn't even coordination for that you guys we didn't have 4chan <laughs> back then um yeah so yeah. anyway that is that's a cool and you said that book is called what again great question zach uh i have to pull it back up it is well oh so the the book i read the piece from or the uh the actual it's the secret of the rosary by Saint Louis Saint Louis de Montfort. Excellent. I couldn't remember if it was secret of or gift of, but yeah, it's a it's like a little book. Like you could read it in a you know an afternoon or something. Mm-hmm. I read it. I read it years ago. Um, I need to reread it because a lot of that I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, That's so right. when we when we last left off, we did the Annunciation. Uh, you can go back and listen to that. Now, the second joyful mystery is the visitation of the Blessed yes. Virgin Mary to St. Elizabeth. Women and be visiting. If you haven't, if you didn't listen to the first one, basically what we do is the idea is just to like kind of talk about it and think of different things to 
meditate on or think about you know think about while you're praying the rosary yeah so this one obviously refers to um you know after finding out that she was the mother of god and pregnant with jesus um our lady went to visit her cousin elizabeth the mother of john the baptist Mm -hmm. and then as she arrived um elizabeth who was pregnant with john the baptist yeah Yes, yeah, he's about six months older than Jesus. And so um, when she arrives, the baby, like, leaps in her womb, and then Elizabeth Mm -hmm. calls out and says, you know, we should probably get the direct quote from Scripture, but basically acknowledges Our Lady as the mother of my Lord. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, I'll look it up. If you want to continue, I can look up the... You're right, we should know it. I know, but, it's funny because you, you meditate on these things like constantly and then you remember there's like a source text that you've like taken for granted all this time. Anyway, so yeah. we'll get, yeah, the good like Douay Reims version of the story. Um, but so, yeah, so this is um, an important moment because there's a lot of things that happen. Um, the obvious things to point out are obviously just the, you know, the familiarity between the Holy Family and then John the Baptist family since John the Baptist serves as kind of a forerunner of christ um so that's important to look at and then you know what's commonly understood by the church when uh when mary arrives and the baby john the baptist you know leaps in the womb of uh, elizabeth it's understood that that at that moment he was um you know effectively baptized like he was freed from original sin and that you know throughout his life he never committed any personal sins um, but, you know, what makes that different from the Immaculate Conception of Mary is that he was conceived, he had original sin from the moment of his conception, but then it was, um, you know, he was healed from that condition uh, before birth. Hmm. So, the uh, obviously part of what Elizabeth said is um, part of the Hail Mary prayer. And with a loud, when cried out with a loud voice, she said... Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is it to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the infant in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed art thou that hast believed, because those things shall be accomplished that were spoken to thee by the Lord. Exactly. And, you know, an interesting thing there is there's this later quote in scripture that i want to pull up because protestants sometimes use this um uh so okay protestants use this quote to kind of dunk on um like marian devotion Mm -hmm. um so i'm pulling up a sort of rough uh translation here but um so the people say to Jesus, wow, this Bible search is like impossible to find. <laughs> um, okay. So, and it came to pass, and it came to pass that he was in a certain place praying. When he sees one of his disciples said, oh, well, no, that's not it. Um, <laughs> okay. It came to pass as he spoke these things, a certain woman from the crowd lifting up her voice said to him, blessed is the room that bore thee and the paps that gave thee suck. But he said, rather blessed are they who hear the word of God and keep it. And 
people use this to be like, oh no, Jesus himself is like shooting down veneration for his mother. But it's like, no, he's he's adding to the praises of Mary, pointing out that she, you know, heard the word of God and kept it. And if you notice, it's that's there in the greeting that Elizabeth gives Mary is that, you know, blessed are you for believing what you just read, you know? Yeah. And so that's, but it is funny that, um, you know, some Protestants would use this as like a slam dunk thing against Marian devotion and start high-fiving each other and doing yeah. what they do. Um, when in reality, this verse is actually used as part of the prayer. Um, if people pray the little office of our lady, like that specific verse is, um, is like part of that, the opening prayer for that, or maybe the closing prayer for that. Like, it's not like Catholics just glossed over that verse and never knew about it. And we're like, mistakenly venerating mary all this time yeah um, whoops that's already kind of worked in yeah oops but that is you know a, a kind of defining concept among a lot of approaches to christianity is that like nobody was doing it right until some really smart person figured it out um whereas you know with catholicism it's kind of the opposite it's like you know everything's ancient and we may develop deeper understandings of certain concepts but never in a way that contradicts what was held before mm-hmm. um and so yeah the idea that you know for a thousand years everybody was engaging in idolatry and you know had mistranslated a couple things and was practicing the wrong religion um it's just kind of goofy and it does just turn religion into a form of like literary criticism of instead of being mm-hmm. you know, something that's practiced and handed on it's just a a way of reading a text and putting they, uh, that's pretty great. I thought, never thought of the idea of literary criticism. It reminds me of one of my favorite Frank Sheed quotes from his book, Knowing God. I think I've said it before, but he says, to reveal and then leave men with nothing but their best guess as to all that is contained in his communication would frustrate his purpose in revealing. Yes. And I when mean, it's say, like they... Exactly. Yeah. No, I think that's I'm just that's that's spot on, and that's where you get into this thing of like, oh, you know, we brought in this great scholar that understands linguistics and is fluent in Greek and Aramaic and Latin, and it turns out we've been we've been following the wrong religion for two thousand years. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, if that's the case, and the whole thing's probably you could probably just scrap the whole thing because, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, it's pretty right. pretty big mistake to make. Um, kind mm. of a central tenet of our of the religion, won't you say? Um, so there's a lot that happens. The visitation to me used to be kind of a, not a throwaway mystery, but one that I was like, okay, that's cool. Cause it's right between the Annunciation, which is like so cool. And then Christmas, the nativity, which is like Santa Claus, Christmas, everything. (laughs) Right. It's Christmas, Charlie Brown. And, uh, so the visitation was kind of like a, okay, so like you go to see your cousin and like women be chatting, you know, it's like. But right. actually, a, a lot happens here theologically, and that's one of the nice things about the rosary is it does sort of force you to ponder these things. So we've talked about um, with John the Baptist, where he factors in, since he's the baby in the womb, and that the leap that Elizabeth, St. Elizabeth refers to is him being cleansed of original sin. Um, the other thing that gets very passed over in all this is St. Joseph. Okay. 
Right. So I think maybe you know, being in that it's twenty twenty, being that it's the current year, um, people imagine that our lady just like saddled up her horses or camel or whatever, and 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 rode across town to, you know, out of town to visit her cousin. Yeah. Um, but. It, Joseph would have been with her. Obviously, you don't just send your pregnant wife to another town in well, yeah, especially in the year you, zero BC. Yeah, you don't send your wife, pregnant wife, to another town normally. You especially don't do it if, like, you were told by an angel not to do it, right? Yeah. No. To be fair, the angel hasn't hasn't like chatted with him yet. Oh, really? Wasn't that really? Wasn't that already? No. When was that? No, if you look in scripture, so it's after this, but if you look in scripture, it's like as soon as it happens, she immediately goes and visits her cousin. Wait, as soon as what happens? The Annunciation. It's like her next step. Okay. So he may not have known that she was, I don't know. Anyway, um, but here's the important thing, is that he would have been standing there as Elizabeth came out and basically said, you're the mother of our Lord, my Lord kind of thing, right? Yeah. He would have heard that. So later on in Scripture, it talks about how Joseph was considering basically bailing, mm-hmm. putting her away quietly. Um, and that's when the angel comes and is like, no, be not afraid over this. Like, don't freak out. You can do it. Okay. Is that like the common tale today is that okay joseph thought that our lady had been had had an affair and he was gonna like divorce her privately out of kindness to like not humiliate her right that's totally not i mean that's a completely modern read on things and that's not what anybody would have understood it to mean in the past um the idea that joseph would have suspected that of mary is kind of um I mean, you just kind of have to think about it for a minute, and does that even seem like it's in the realm of possibility? Um, probably not. You know, having spent time around her, you would have picked up to the fact that she was tremendously holy. Um, right. The other thing is that, you know, Scripture talks about how he was righteous, not self-righteous, and not this not, but that he was genuinely righteous, and the law wouldn't have allowed for him to just quietly skirt town if his wife committed adultery makes sense Um, right so that would have been yeah like he would have been violating the law which at the time was the law of god it was you know the jews were under the law and so that it would have been a sin for him to do that um now there's a modern idea that you know anything that's mean isn't a sin but that's not or anything you know if you do the nice thing that's not a sin but at the end of the day um that wasn't one of the options that he had available was to just quietly divorce his wife in adultery what what's more commonly understood and kind of what the fathers and doctors point out is that Joseph was very humble. And when it occurred to him that, you know, Mary was the mother of the Messiah, he just kind of thought, Oh, I don't want to mess this up. I should, I shouldn't have any part in this. Like I should just get out of the way. A very, a very normal reaction. I mean, yeah. An understandable reaction. Yeah. Right. He'd be like, uh, yeah. Like I don't want to, this is pretty big. Like this has been foretold for centuries at this point. Um, you know, the entire religion is, is based on looking forward to this moment. Like I don't necessarily 
need to be a main character in it. Like I, I think that that's admirable and, and humble. Um, not, you know, Oh, my wife is stepping out on me. Like he just wouldn't have, that would have been a rash judgment. And I mean, you know, just think just him having thought that, uh, it, if he had, for instance, it would have been obviously the need to repent of that or, you know, a rash mm-hmm. judgment. And it's, so, I mean, I think you can just go ahead and take that off the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then people are like, well, how did, you know, what was the story? And it's like, well, I think the main thing was, again, he would have been there. Uh, Elizabeth runs out to meet Mary. She says these things. Joseph is there. He knows his scriptures. He knows that a virgin will bring forth the Messiah. He knows that they haven't, con- you know, they haven't uh, engaged in the marital embrace. Um, yeah. He know, you know, he's realizing all this. And that's when he's like, I need to get out of here quietly and not be like, Right. running around telling everyone what's going on and that's when the angel comes in and is like hey don't but you know that's an gotcha, important thing gotcha, is gotcha. like the what a lot of people miss in the the timeline with joseph is that he would have heard this pro this you know kind of proclamation from elizabeth mm-hmm. and that's when he would have known he didn't find out well i mean it talks about you know when he found that she was with child he thought about doing this it's like well how did he find out and it's like well this is a pretty good time to point out that having happened yeah okay okay so i'm a fool anyway let's go let's continue Um, oh uh that is a good point though about like it's always i you know correct me if i'm wrong uh but i feel like a lot of times we do things within the faith to make people seem more real so like we hype up the joseph aspect like you said of like joseph being like oh oh i'm gonna just like you know make it him seem more overly emotional than he is because like sometimes the bible is full of things that don't that seem just like yeah i mean your wife shows up pregnant and you clearly haven't you know engaged in the behavior that brings about pregnancy um for most people that would i would you know you'd, you'd need you'd have some questions right sure so okay, so but then yeah. jumping to the conclusion that therefore she was out cheating, like that's yeah. also I mean that would be understandable in most cases, but I, I you know that's where we look at the circumstances between Joseph and then also just Mary being the immaculate conception free from original sin, you know, having, him having spent a great deal of time with her. Um, yeah, would have see, would have known that it would have been shockingly out of character for him to for her to do something like that. Yeah, it certainly would have would not have been something that he independently like reasoned himself into and then thought to pack his bags and bail without even like maybe asking her, you know. <laughs> right. You've been around town. Like I mean that that's the thing. And so Yeah. Um but then that that gets reinforced because in a lot of the more modern tellings of it and with the kind of Protestant understanding of of the Holy Family themselves um, you know, this just sort of takes hold as how it goes. The, you know, it's not like totally, like we said, it's not totally out of the question to be like, well, wait, how's my wife pregnant? Mm-hmm. Um, but right. Then we just kind of examine these two as characters. And again, I mean, these are the things that you unpack when you meditate on the rosary and you kind of continue to look for writings of the fathers and doctors about these points in scripture and um that's where you know like i said thinking of the visitation as sort of a throwaway mystery 
was before I started understanding these things. So like, I mean, yeah, but that's, that's understand. I mean, it is understandable. Cause it's just like, she goes to visit her cousin and you're like, well, I visited my cousins and you know, it's great, but sometimes it's just visiting your cousin. Yeah. So it's, e- yeah, it's easy to, and then you don't think about Joseph having been there until you think through like, I think there's actually a pilgrimage you can do where you, um, you literally go from where they were thought to have lived to where Elizabeth lived. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth and Zachary, St. Zachary, great name. How um, convenient. And yet you can like, t- but so, I mean, you, you wouldn't have, like, obviously he would have gone kind of, like he didn't, he didn't have conference calls that day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, you know, it was basically the two families and then both wives pregnant and, you know, St. Zachary and, you know, a nice little, family gathering but a lot of important plot points in salvation history take place there does it how long is the trip do the do have three days journey at the time yeah yeah that's a long that's a long trip just to be wandering yeah it's no it's no 40 years or whatever but you know right i mean she didn't just like hop on the metro or call an uber kind of thing um, so anyway, yeah, I mean, that's, and there's some interesting artwork depicting the visitation. I'll admit I'm less well-versed on that since I, mm-hmm. I really like the Annunciation as a kind of artistic depiction. Yeah. But you do have a lot of, th- I mean, obviously knowing that John the Baptist is a central character in scripture, eventually gets, you know, he gets whacked, he gets got by, <laughs> by the king. Right. Um, you know, this is kind of a moment where they're all sort of together, and John the Baptist's parents are both very old, and so there's something. There was their that birth was miraculous in the sense that they were too old to bear children, you know, according to the common understanding. And then, sure. of course, Mary and Joseph, both being young, but then also virgins. Um, you know, both births were miraculous, but in sort of opposite ways. Right. And um, I don't know, I just imagine kind of everybody at that point sort of pondering what's going on. Because like, like Zachary's how, whole... How is this happening? Yeah, because like, you know, earlier in scripture when John the Baptist is conceived or when they find out that they're pregnant with him, um, you know, he's told that you're... Like, there's the canticle of Zachary. So he knows that his child will be the um, prophet of the most high kind of thing. And right. so, you know, the entirety of the, of biblical Judaism, the, the religion that, you know, came into being with God's covenant with Abraham and, and was practiced by the Holy family was, was a, was built as a buildup to the coming of the Messiah. And, you know, realizing that this is sort of the, the eye of the storm kind of thing of like, okay, they all know it's happening. No one else really on earth, uh, you know, maybe some prophets and stuff, but for the most part, it's kind of the secrets with them, you know, like the, the entirety of the church, I guess you could say is like these four people and their two unborn kids and they're all kind of hanging out. Um, seems like a lot, you know, like that's pretty, it's intense. That would be pretty intense. This whole thing, Zach would be very intense. That's why I think God in his infinite wisdom chose the correct people 
Yeah, no, he picked some winners. <laughs> he did. Uh, you, one thing that I like to think about, and I'm sure a lot of people know, is the idea of Mary as the Ark of the New Covenant. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some points. There's like, a, let's see how many. One, two, three, four, seven. There's seven, eight, eight verses like of the Old and New Testament that kind of correspond with the Old Ark and the New Ark, if you'd like to hear them. Mm-hmm. Is that something you'd be interested in? Throw them out. Okay. First of all, the the uh, what do what do you think happened to the old Ark of the Covenant? Um, I don't I don't have like this isn't like a it's me asking like what you think because I I just kind of assume that it was burnt down like it doesn't exist anymore. You know how people like try and find it like like that guy Indiana Jones. Yeah. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I'm like, did it? The thing is, like, did, did the it, reason did I, they lose it. Well, it would have to. It can't be. It can't. It can't exist anymore because it is part of the old covenant. So, if it were to be dug up and found, then that would be, give like credence to the idea that the old covenant is still the current covenant. So, because yeah, the old covenant was fulfilled, and you know, like, yeah, like so the ark was completed. Yeah, so the actual ark can't. It just can't exist anymore. My thought, based on that, like it would have it, it had to have been burned down or a lot, like, may you know, something because it just can't for that reason alone. It would, the finding of it would throw everything into chaos. Right, that's kind of my thought. Uh, so I'll read the first. It'll be like the old coven, the old, the verse for the old and the verse for the new. Second Samuel. The ark traveled to the house of Obed, Obed, Obediah. Obediah. Uh, no, Obediah. well, it, yeah, it doesn't say that. It's O B E D dash E D O M. Obedem right. in the hill country oh, yeah. of Judah. That's a lot Samuel. of people tell me they subscribe to this podcast to hear you have to read hard words. You know, the mark of someone who reads a lot is not knowing how to pronounce the words because they never say them out loud, Zach. Yeah, no, that's true. I had an English teacher that said, she's like, you know, I was like 12 years old when I found out that people got, it wasn't wounds that people got on their skin, it was wounds. And that's because I grew up reading, not watching TV. <laughs> so yeah, actually, right. technically, yeah, no, it is, uh, generally means that you actually do the reading. Capital do, capital the, capital reading. Yeah. Continue. Luke... Luke chapter 1, Mary traveled to the house of Elizabeth and Zechariah in the hill country of Judah. The second one, 2 Samuel 6, 14, dressed as a priest, David danced and leapt in front of the ark. Luke 1, 41, John the Baptist of priestly lineages, lineage, lineage left in his, leapt in his, this is really going... Ah, John the Baptist of priestly lineage, lineage <laughs> leapt in his mother's womb at the approach of Mary. All right, let's rebound on this next one. Second Samuel six nine. David asked, "How can the ark of the Lord come to me?" Nice. Luke one forty three. Elizabeth asked, "Why is this granted me that the mother of my Lord should come to me?" Okay. 
Second Samuel 6.15, David shouts in the presence of the ark. Luke 1.42, Elizabeth exclaimed with a loud cry in the presence of Mary. Second mm-hmm. Samuel 6.11, the ark remained in the house of Obed-Edom for three months. Luke 1.56, Mary remained in the house of Elizabeth for three months. Second Samuel 6.11, the house of Obed-Edom was blessed by the presence of the ark. Luke 1, 39 through 45, the word blessed is used three times. Surely the house was blessed by God. 2 Samuel 6, 12, and also 1 Kings 8, 9 through 11, the ark returns to its home and ends up in Jerusalem where God's presence and glory is revealed in the temple. Luke 1, 56, and then chapter 2, 21 through 22, Mary returns home and eventually ends up in Jerusalem where she is present where she presents God incarnate in the temple. Uh, inside, inside the Ark of the Old Covenant, there were the stone tablets of the law, the word of God inscribed on stone, the urn fold, filled with manna from the wilderness, the miraculous bread come down from the heaven, the rod of Aaron that budded to prove and defend the high, true high priest. Inside Mary, the Ark of the New Covenant, the body of Jesus Christ, the word of God, in the flesh, the womb containing Jesus, the bread of life come down from heaven, and the actual and eternal high priest. So those are all the, uh, those are the crossovers between the Old Testament and the New Testament when it comes to Mary. Yeah, I imagine if this, I mean, that's just kind of crazy, just the, again, just the sheer volume of um, of comparisons there. And just how parallel it all is. Truly, if it is all, if it was all written, if it was all written by random people, and it isn't true, it is some of history's greatest writers, Zach. Yeah, and they really should have made themselves known so we could give them the proper credit they deserve. Right. Well, unlike I don't know, I was thinking. Imagine this for the current day. You'd have like you know, Mary and Joseph and Elizabeth and Zachary, and they would all pose for a picture and they do that like belly pose that pregnant <laughs> women do, you know, where you put like the one hand over and the other hand under. Yeah. Um, or it's like Mary standing next to a chalkboard with all the names that they were going to have. <laughs> and it's, it's wonderful out. counselor. <laughs> like yeah. all the names from handles the Messiah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We need to make. We need. I need to talk to someone to make that meme for us. This should that that would do numbers. Yeah. Um, truth. Like, what are you going to name yours? I'm going to name him John the Baptist. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, those are all the the similarities, and that would like, it would have yeah. to be that way because the new covenant would be the fulfilling of the old, right? So like the I, it just can't be like, well, that's this. And then uh, all this other random stuff kind of unrelated happens. And this is the new covenant. Right. And I mean, and that kind of shows you again, like with, um, you know, the approach to looking at these things in a Catholic way versus any other ways, we kind of acknowledge that there's more to 
find like you can dive deeper into these things and you know it's not like on day one they had they had caught all these comparisons between mary and the ark of the covenant you know i mean god was aware of them because he orchestrated them but you know those were all there to be found but you know that only deepened what was already understood it wasn't like you know mary was some chick and then somebody found out that there were these parallels between her and the ark of the covenant so they like made her a big deal in the faith like Like, guys 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 guess what yeah right like she was already a central point i mean she was present at the um at the pentecost which we'll get to in the the probably five years from now when we get finished all the (laughs) mysteries but the um right the the sort of the other approach would have been yeah like you start from a blank slate and then once they find these comparisons in scripture they decide oh man like i have a cool new idea for our religion um realistically there there was marian devotion from the very beginning and it became deeper with time as as we understood things greater and that's kind of you're talking from the very beginning of humanity no well yeah i mean um kind of implicitly um, mm. with humanity but like explicitly by the early christians and, oh yeah, yeah yeah for sure right and it i think that that's the weird thing is the way that people approach things is they again they it's like they uncover something in in a text or you know in a in a dig an archaeology and then they they like alter their religion drastically and in reality that there's not really any point in catholic history where that happened it, it, well yeah because like if if you're if you know that this is this lady over here is Mary and Mary gave birth to Jesus and you're watching all these things with Jesus, you're going to be like, we must protect Mary at all costs. Like you just think of like, she probably, she would probably have to ask people to like give her moments by herself. Cause no one, would, no one would want to leave her on her own. They would always be trying to do things for her and make sure that like things were taken care of or that she was protected. Cause if he was, if he, if, if Jesus, if you saw this this person Jesus getting all this stuff happen to him, and people are chasing him down, you're like, well, we have to protect his mom. They'll right. come for her too. Right, and I mean, you know, you kind of see again at a later mystery the way that people that were close to her during her earthly life had the faith to be there for the crucifixion, um, and. So, because like a lot of people talk about, okay, at the Council of, um, oh no, uh, a a Ephesus Council of Ephesus, maybe, uh, the, you know, dogmatically Mary was given the title Mother of God, and there are people that say that like that's when devotion to Mary, like started. Um, and this yeah. is obviously not the case. Again, they didn't just one day be like, look what I found. Um, and then, okay, let's change everything in response to this. It was kind of, these things were there, the seeds were planted and it's, you know, wow, like there's more to this even. And it, it, it's just a deepening of what was already there. Never a, uh, contradiction or a novelty or anything like that. And, you know, that's again, what things like the rosary and stuff allow you to do is it becomes deeper and it doesn't contradict what you understood before, what was done before, but you start to, um, find more and that like these things that seem almost like inconsequential um there's like reason upon reason upon reason that 
they're like this. And there's all this, like, you know, it gets reconfirmed and reconfirmed, you know, like with those, those examples with the Ark of the Covenant and whatnot. Mm-hmm. How old do you think the donkey was that they rode over uh, on? Let's get to the let's get to the real good stuff. Because I hadn't really thought of that. How Were there two he? donkeys? Did Joseph walk beside, or did Joseph have his own donkey? Or I don't know why I pictured they... them in a buggy, but I guess maybe that wouldn't have been the case. Yeah, did they ride together? Well, this is so important. Yeah, but it also could help you focus in on the moment. No, I agree. I mean, I don't. Again, um. Yeah, I don't know. Or what was the weather like? Did it rain? Yeah. It'd be kind of funny. Not funny, but like if uh, it was raining except on them. <laughs> you know, like yeah. kind of the, the, there was like an angel flying over them. It was like, no, sorry. These are VIPs. Yeah. It's going to rain on the rest of y'all. Not today. It, it Not only did it not rain on them, it rained extra around them. Yeah, to keep so, everyone away. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. So yeah, this is a very important mystery that should not be overlooked. Yes, not a throwaway mystery. Mystery number two, you know, it is number. It is is second mystery in numbers. Yeah, I don't really know where I'm going with that, but uh, it's uh, it's number <laughs> one today. Yeah, and then obviously, uh, this mystery is replicated again when. Jesus goes to be baptized by John the Baptist in its own way. Replicated in its own way. Yeah, they kind of meet again in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do they meet? They Since they're cousins, there's not really a lot of, obviously, interaction. Talk about Jesus as a youngster, but you would have to think that they, like, hang out and play together and do cousin stuff together, right? Yeah, and there's actually a lot of cool artwork on that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like. I think they were. I think they were homies. Yeah, homies. They're friends. Yeah, you would think so. Imagine that. Just like, just you're playing with your cousin, and nothing. It's just normal cousin stuff. And then a couple decades later, uh, one of them's getting ready to die on the cross, and the other's getting ready to baptize this person, and then also get beheaded. It's just a. It's it's a lot. It's a lot to think about. It's a, it is a lot to unpack, a lot to unpack, lots of things going on here. There's a lot going on here, Chief. Mm-hmm. This is it. This this is it, Chief. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah. Anything else? I, well, how are we looking on time? What's your intermittent fasting? How much time do we got before you just jam Oreos down your mouth? Right. Um. Let's see. Oh, I didn't get the put. Oh, because I've turned on. I've got. Uh. 21 minutes until I can nom. That's good. I know. That's good. Anything else on this mystery? or? I don't think so. I mean, again, there's a whole lot more we could go into, but I, I think we've kind of interrogated it a decent amount, unpacked some things. We've interrogated it. No, like in the good way, like we, you know, mm-hmm. we investigated so the transition from this into the next one on our next next time we do it is 
and then a bunch of stuff happens, and then the birth. Yes. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of things happen. Yeah. And it's Christmas, so hopefully we'll get this one now. We'll do the next one before actual Christmas. But if not, that'll seem timely. Yeah, and I know you have. I always like hearing your thoughts because you have a lot of thoughts about people who don't think that Jesus was born on December twenty fifth. I can't wait to once again open those up and get into that. Yeah, gotta be back those people on their weird conspiracy theory that mm-hmm. Christmas in December is a you know a, a plot. A, yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, good work. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you all next time. See ya.